This is a news update from the University of Portsmouth. An international team of scientists, including experts from the University of Portsmouth, have discovered 39 gravitational wave events. Unless we have gravitational waves, we would never know necessarily that those events are actually happening. And that's really important for broadening our ability to study the universe. I'm Sophie Wagstaff from the University of Portsmouth Press Office, and I'm speaking to Dr. Andrew Williamson from the University's Institute of Cosmology and Gravitation. Hi, Andrew. First things first, I wonder if you could explain to me what a gravitational wave is. Well, hi, Sophie. A gravitational wave is a ripple in the fabric of space and time itself. So that's a very strange idea, but it turns out that over 100 years ago, Albert Einstein predicted that these waves should exist because he came up with a new theory of gravity. And in that theory, he described gravity as being the result of things with mass, objects made of matter like planets or stars or even you and I. We bend space around us because we have substance, because we are made of matter. And so then if you if you have objects with matter moving around in space very violently, then not only are they able to bend space around them, but because they're moving, they can actually create ripples in space. And those ripples travel outwards through the universe at the speed of light. And those are the gravitational waves that we are able to detect now. Wow, it's pretty mind-blowing stuff. I wonder, Angie, could you tell me about how these gravitational waves are detected? I know that there's a couple of facilities, one in America and one in Italy, that have been used uh, to detect these latest 39 discoveries. Could you tell me a bit more about how they actually work? Yes, we have gravitational wave detectors that we've specially built for this purpose. The two detectors in America are called LIGO and the one in Italy is called Virgo. You build big tunnels and at each end of your tunnels you have mirrors. And in fact the tunnels are in an L-shape configuration, about two and a half miles long. So you have mirrors at the ends and also at the corner of the L. And the idea is that you shine a laser between all the mirrors and you're able to measure the distance between the corner of the L and each end of the L shape and very carefully monitor that and see if they change relative to one another because that is actually what a gravitational wave does when it passes. It, it makes distances between separated objects change very slightly. It actually stretches and squeezes the space that we are in. It's far, far smaller than the size of an atom, but we are actually able to, to measure that kind of difference with these detectors. Gosh, that's some extraordinary technology giving us an insight into the cosmos. Andrew, could you tell me what these findings mean for science and for our quest to study the universe? Well, when you're looking at space with other kinds of telescopes, uh, the Hubble Space Telescope or the, the largest telescopes on the Earth, when you use any of these telescopes that are kind of more traditional, you're ultimately seeing the same kind of thing. You're seeing what we call electromagnetic waves. So visible light, but also radio and x-ray and so on. But when we use gravitational waves, we're really using a, a completely different tool. It's like having a, a completely new sense with which to experience the universe. So not only are we able to, to kind of look out at the universe with other kinds of telescopes, but we can use gravitational waves to, if you like, listen to the universe as well. And so that gives you the ability to, to combine complementary information from all kinds of different telescopes and also to discover new kinds of phenomena. 
So the the signals that we've actually detected, most of them, uh, we've detected 50 now, most of those come from pairs of black holes merging. And that kind of event could actually be completely invisible otherwise because black holes are black. They don't emit any light really. So a pair of those black holes merging may give off no light at all. So unless we have gravitational waves, we, we we would never know necessarily that those events are actually happening at all. So it's a it's complementary and different, uh, and that's really important for broadening our ability to study the universe. So these discoveries are challenging what we thought we knew about black holes. What can we expect to discover in future? Do you think? Well, so far, yeah, we've we've detected pairs of black holes merging, and in a few of those cases, some of the sizes of the black holes are a little surprising. We've seen at least one black hole that is larger than we think can be produced when a star dies. Certainly, it looks like a black hole was around 80 to 85 times the mass of the sun, and we think this is too big for it to have been produced inside a star when the star died. That opens up questions about Okay, how how are these black holes forming? Um, did that one, for example, form from a previous merger of two smaller black holes? So this was, if you like, a, a second merging event that happened. So a third black hole came along and merged with one that had already been produced from a merger. It's, it's very interesting. And by looking at that process and, and learning about how black holes may combine one after the other, it could give us ideas about how the supermassive black holes in the centres of galaxies, including our own, may have formed in the early universe. They, they too may have formed because many, many pairs of black holes were combining and building up and building up, making bigger and bigger black holes. And actually, some of the other signals, a few of the signals that we've seen, have come from pairs of neutron stars merging. And neutron stars are very strange objects. They weigh as much as the sun, perhaps even a couple of times the mass of the sun, yet they're only... A dozen miles across, perhaps. They're, they're not really any bigger than an average city. So they're incredibly dense. And we, do, we don't really know what the inside of a neutron star is like because we can't make stuff that dense in a laboratory in bulk. So we can't really study what happens to stuff when you cram it into such a dense block. So we really want to study neutron stars to get a better understanding of how matter behaves when you do that. And that could improve our understanding of the laws of physics in those conditions. Thanks for listening. To find out more about the University of Portsmouth's Institute of Cosmology and Gravitation, please visit the website www.port.ac.uk.